Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, welcome back, folks. We've got a couple lines open. We're going to get right back to Chris and Lane, but you can be up after Lane. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Chris and Glendale. Hi, Brian. A uh, question about a rather uh, unwieldy willow acacia. Uh, it's gotten pretty tall and thick, and we wanted to know, is this a decent time to heavily prune it, or should we wait? I'm you know, you could pretty much prune it any time, and now wouldn't be a bad time ahead of the monsoon. You know, okay. it's got enough bark on it that it's usually fine. It's not going to sunburn. Um, okay. You know. What about topping it? Well, you know, if you get a good arborist to come out and look at it, you know, and then top okay. it, and uh, arborist, tree trimmer, you know, n- nobody wears that badge. You don't know because you're an arborist that you're better than the tree trimmer or vice versa. You know, it right. comes a lot to do with experience. And what I would really recommend when you're going to hire somebody to prune a large tree like that is mm-hmm. to interview them and go look at their work. Get okay. a couple recommendations. Say, okay, well, where did you prune a big one of these before? And, okay. uh, you know, most people have enough experience. They can take you to a reference or two where you can go mm-hmm. look at some trees that they've pruned well and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and find, you know, follow up on some of their work because there's okay. a lot of variation with experience. There's lots of different sizes of companies. And not to mm-hmm. say that a big one's better than a small one. You know, maybe the, right. the independent guy that climbs trees, one of the best tree trimmers I ever knew, always worked by himself, you know, mm-hmm. and he would just climb and he would take, you know, maybe to trim a large olive tree, sometimes two days. But, yeah. you know, they were absolute artwork when he walked away, you know. Yeah. And you go look at Didn't the guys trim it, yeah. yeah, you go look at the guys that trim in Disney and it's amazing. <laughs> you can see trees that are, you know, 60 years old that are as pretty as they are. So, you know, mm-hmm. do, do your interview, do your time, Chris, you know, okay. and find, find the person, uh, but it'd be fine to prune it now. And if we, we did decide to prune it on our own, do you have to feed it afterward or Not anything? as much. You know, there are willow acacias or acacia salicinas are really quite a hardy tree, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the only thing is... If my thing is, uh, I don't water it. I mean, I came out here from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I stuck this tree in the middle of the gravel and... It just grew like crazy, but I have a funny feeling about 10, 15 feet away, there's an orange tree. Mm-hmm. I think it's gone after the orange tree water because we well, water that so heavily. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, it surely has, you know, and it, it's yeah. an efficient grower and it, it'll find water under the little shrubs around the yard, different places, you yeah. know, and, and that's all fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you just mindfully prune it and go back and thin it, the only hard part when the trees get really large is, is the hazard with being able to, you know, climb them and prune them. You know, when you watch yeah. real arborists go up and work and, and watch them move from branch to branch and use their rope and let limbs down and all the talent that they have. You know, yeah. we, we don't prune the big trees at the Blake house. Um, you know, I, I have friends that are <laughs> that are quite better, you know. I mean, style-wise, I have a certain way that I want it pruned, and, and sometimes yeah. I'll hang out with them in the yard and we'll discuss things as they're pruning. But talent-wise, being to get up and down those trees and lower limbs down, I mean, these these guys are fantastic, you know. They know what they're doing, yeah. Oh, I guess well, maybe they, I they, should they, handle they, a few. They have the experience, and they yeah. also, yeah. They have the insurance and the liability 
responsibility. You know, if you drop well, a big, thing, you know, if you drop a big tree on your house or if you fall down and break your leg, you know, it's not right. good. Right. It's not going to help us any. Uh, no. Like I said, I'm not looking so much for aesthetics. I, I just want that tree to not grow so tall. It just shot well, up. It's only eight years old. Well, Isn't it like Poo. Yeah, it's it's like found, it's found it's found its paradise somewhere in your yard. It's getting some yes. you know, water. <laughs> Definitely, it looks beautiful, but it's just a little too tall, especially at monsoon. I see those branches waving like crazy. I said something's going to happen. I know for sure. Well, call up and find someone good. And there's, uh, you know, we, we, I don't make recommendations on the air because I have lots of friends in the business. Yeah. I understand. We'll do our homework. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's see. Elaine in Peoria. Good morning, Elaine. Happy Sunday, Brian. To you as well. Yeah, I have decided that I have such appreciation for farmers because I try to grow this little garden. I just am not good at it. And they have to feed us. And I'm thinking it's a good thing I'm not the one doing the farming. (laughs) But... I'm the one that had to empty all my stuff last year because of white flies. And the last week I called you about the little veiny things on my leaves and stuff. And I have cucumbers, I have squash, uh, squash, uh, crook neck and squash. And the lee, I started spraying first with the BT because I thought maybe that, you know, to get rid of any, uh, eggs or anything that, the, um, uh, caterpillars would bring and then I sprayed them with my for the white flies and now they're looking kind of rusty and funky and wilty and and my eggplants too they're just weird well you can get a lot of different things well you know what you might have a problem with would be spider mites and uh, spider mite mm-hmm. and how you could tell is take a white piece of paper and go out and beat your leaf on your white piece of paper and and they're little tiny guys and if you see a lot of those walking around on your leaves, those, those are one that would be more of a problem this time of year. Um, the white flies, you'll see, they have nymphs. They're the little guys in the back. But but with the spider mites, what you do is you just beat the leaf on a white piece of paper. And if you see little things start to move, it's not dust. It's spider mites. And they help a lot just by hosing the plants off. I mean, that, that makes a pretty big difference. And if that doesn't okay. work well enough for you, you can use a product called Spinosad. And it's, it's in several. Several different spinosad, yeah, and it's uh, it's a pretty safe one to use, and it works fairly well on spider mites, and it's a good contact one. It's the only chemical that we use in our organic uh, spraying of our citrus, but we only use it once a year. Other than that, we just count on the predators to help us out. So you could yeah. you could try that, but uh, yeah, we all have respect for especially our neighbors that farm better than we do. <laughs> oh, God. I, I've, well, the other thing is. Yeah, it's, how it's, do I test my How do I test my ground to make sure it's okay? Well, what, it's kind of got some- most ground's going to be fine. But what we do is we use a company called IAS Laboratories. And you uh-huh. can take them a sample of your... The water's going to be pretty consistent where you're on city water. It's going to be kind of high in salt this time of year. But if you take them a soil sample, they can tell you what your soil's like, and they can make recommendations on what to add to it. Okay, IAS. Uh-huh. IAS Laboratories, and they're uh, just south of the, uh, of the freeway off of I-10 and 24th Street. Okay, IAS. As soon as I get the surgery, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> All righty. Thanks, Elaine. Okay, well, thank you so much for answering my question. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, Steve in Glendale. Morning, Steve. Good morning, sir. How are you on this Sunday? Oh, quite fine. Thanks for asking. 
Okay, uh, this is going to be an idiotic question. But I have a mango tree in my front yard, and some of the neighbors come by and go, is that a male or a female mango? How do you tell? Lift up its skirt, of course. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, that's pretty old, huh? No, I mean, it it, it should be. It's probably a grafted mango. And, you know, I don't know if if they'll (laughs) self-pollinate or not. I'm I'm pretty certain that they do. I don't think they require any pollination. So they're, you know, they're going to be like a citrus tree. They can pollinate themselves. So it's not really a male or female like it would be a pistachio, for example. Okay, second question. You were talking uh, cutting back on uh, citrus uh, trees. Mm-hmm. I have a lemon and a grapefruit in the backyard on the west wall. Uh, they've been there since the house was built. And uh, when uh, I've got a lot of dead wood in it. So they're, on the, we- they're, they're on the west wall, so the wall's to the west side of the tree and they're facing east? Yes, sir. Okay, so that's a great benefit to them having the wall to shade them in the afternoon from the sun. You can go up and take the dead wood out of the interior anytime you want to. You can actually reduce the top to some, especially on the lemon tree, pretty much anytime you want to. What you don't want to do is you don't want to expose the wood to the sun. So as long as, Steve, when you're pruning them, you're not exposing the limbs to the sun, you can prune them as much as you like. Okay, that was my main question. Thank you, sir. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, you do the same. Stay cool. Yeah, yeah, it's nice out here. (laughs) Bye. Mike and Scottsdale, morning. Good morning, Brian. I want to uh, plant some uh, sage, um, lantana, and yellow bells. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious as if I can plant them now or do I need to wait towards no, the No, absolutely. The they're they're going to grow all summer. The sooner you plant them, the bigger they'll grow this summer. All the, all of our desert, you know, types of shrubs like that love our heat. You know, the yellow bells native down to, you know, in Baja, they get hurricanes this time of year and it gets hot just like we do. And so all those desert types of shrubs, Bougainvillea included, you know, all love the heat and all will benefit during the summer growing season. You're going to have to be mindful how often you water them and take a little extra care of the first few weeks, especially as it gets hotter in the middle of June. But uh, I wouldn't be afraid to plant any of those right now. And how should I water those at this point? Well, when you install them in new, you probably want to water them like every day of the first week. You know, this gets ground well saturated, the air on the side of being wet. And then it depends on your soil, Mike. Where are you, where are you located in Scottsdale? Oh, uh, we're off 130th and shit on the south side. Okay. Yeah, but you're rock. Yeah, you're rocky, but you have some soil mixed in with the rock. You know, it's just not pure rock. So that you know, soil is going to typically drain fairly well. So you're going to probably end up, you know, getting those guys to where they're going to be watered two or three times a week for the rest of the summer. And uh, lantana as well. Lantana as well. You know, but uh, okay. You know, I, I would probably in that area err on the side of maybe three days a week. I'd water them every day the first week, probably three days a week thereafter. And um, and if it gets real hot, you might need one or two extra shots of water, like you know, when the days are the longest, the you know, middle of June. And, uh, and what, a couple of gallons per plant. Yeah, two gallon emitter would be great, and you want to put on two gallons uh, per per irrigation. Okay. Okay. Appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. It looks like we have to take a short break, and we'll be right back with Sharon, Mike, Andrew, and then it could be you. The number to call to be you. Calling to you, though. 
is 602-277-5827. 277-KTR, it's Brian and Julia. And John Roller with us, too, this weekend with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here on 92.3 FM KTR. Sunday morning out there, out here in Sunny Slope, actually. And it looks like we have two lines still open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. Sharon in North Phoenix, good morning. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm calling to ask you a question about what seems to be the topic of the day. Only mine is about an African sumac. So it's kind of out of shape. And I'm wondering if it's tr- I can trim it. You can trim a sumac anytime. <laughs> they're they're very hardy trees, you know. And and in, until we had that, you know, summer a couple of years ago where we had the the terrible August. Uh, that's the only time I've ever really seen them hurt here in the valley. But if you want to print it up some for shape and form, and uh, you know, go ahead. You don't want to expose the wood that's not barked yet. A lot of that to the full sun, so you don't really want to butcher it this time of year. But if you want to prune it and give it some shape and form and thin it out, it's not going to hurt it. If you really want to butcher it heavy. It's kind of like we talked about a ficus earlier. You'd be better to do it next spring. Or you could do it in the fall as well. But um, moderate pruning on them, you know, year-round is fine. Okay. Um, yeah, because I'm... I'm I love the tree because I don't water that tree. <laughs> well, now you do have to be mindful of the fact that if we have an August like we did two years ago where the humidity's zero and the temperature's over 115 every day, you might want to water it. See, I've watered it only in extreme heat because I've heard you say that that needs to be done. It. And uh, in connection with my ruella, um, which I trimmed up, I noticed it has some scaly white stuff on it. What is that? Um, you know, it could have a like a, <laughs> a cockadiel scale or some kind of a scale on it, which um, you know that could certainly happen. Um, pretty much any kind of aphid or anything, they're all dead right now anyway. Uh-huh. And if it looks white, you know, a lot of times you'll see the the aphids and things when they've been parasitized. So little wasp and things come and kill them, and they'll look like little white scale looking things, but they're dry already. If you crush them, they don't bleed. Yeah, they would look. They were like all along one uh, few stems. Uh huh. 
Well, those could be other beneficial insect eggs. You might have taken them somewhere else. But um, in any case, it's not going to hurt. And the realize will come back so fast, they'll outgrow any kind of thing I've ever seen bother them. Yeah, it's, that's a thing. I have to keep thinning it because it takes over. So, Well, you know, the thing with that, too, Sharon, is if you'll kind of treat it somewhat like your sumac, if you'll not water it very often, you know, watered once every two weeks when they're established is fine. No, I don't water it even that often. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to treat it to some water now because I think it's too hot. Well, it's good to give it a little once in a while, but they don't yeah. need much. Yeah, and, and so one other thing with the apricot trees, mm-hmm. are you, that's an October planting. Yes. Yeah, the stone fruits really, for the most part, it's better to plant all the stone fruits, you know, in the fall. Okay, uh, citrus right. you can plant all summer. Citrus really like the heat. In fact, every time we've ever planted a new citrus grove, we planted them in June or July because it's when we have the staff available to plant. Wow. But, um, and, you know, we have phenomenal success. Our last grove, I think, was 2,200 trees, and we lost two, and those were planted, like, you know, right at the end of June. So, oh, my goodness. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Okay, well, citrus well, citrus root really well in the heat. You know, they really do. You have to protect them. You have to water the trunks and you, you know, wrap the trunks, and you have to keep the water up when they're new. But, you know, citrus plant well all summer. That's fascinating. <laughs> well, citrus, palms, desert trees, you know, they, uh-huh. they, they like the heat. Nice, nice. That's great. Okay, well, thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye, Sharon. Bye-bye. Uh, Mike in Phoenix. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How you doing? Great, sir. I'm having some, I'm having some problems transplanting Mexican palm trees. I've done it twice and it died twice. Boy, uh, you better better you better you better check your thumbs, Mike. That's about as easy to grow as there is. So um, I know they grow in parking lot. <laughs> so these are ones you're buying at the nursery and planting. Yes. In containers. Yes. Okay, so they shouldn't, uh, you know, you should be able to buy them in a nursery. Now, they've probably been grown a little closer together, so they're shading each other some at the nursery. And the nursery may have purchased them out of California or someplace else. They might not be ones that were actually growing here in the sun. You know, and even in our nursery in South Phoenix where we grow them, you know, they're getting shaded a lot because they're by some mule palms, the 15-gallon Mexican fans. But typically what I would do if you're planting a new Mexican fan, I'd make sure you're not trying to carry more than four or five leaves on it okay when you plant it and uh, just a hole big enough to get it into doesn't need anything special that way it will do better if you loosen up the soil and mix some mulch around you know and and do that kind of action where you mix in you know one-third mulch with two-thirds of the native soil you want to water it from the bottom up so run a hose down the hole before you plant it or else turn a hose on you know full pressure and push it down beside the root ball to water from the bottom up the first time and take out any air pocket you might have but kind of the critical part is after that, you can't overwater them. So when you're planting a new Mexican fan palm, you want it to grow fast, and you want it to even grow planting a new one, you want to err on the side of being pretty wet. So I would water it you know, at least two or three times the first week, wouldn't hurt to water it every day. And if you want it to grow fast in the first summer you know, and really kick in and go, I would water it a minimum of twice a week. Wouldn't hurt to water it three times like we were talking about with shrubs earlier. And the wetter you keep it, the faster it's going to grow. And you can really control their size and growth almost strictly with water. And, you know, we have palm tree farms that were planted 20 years ago where the trees are 40 feet tall. And I have palm tree farms that were planted 45 years ago that are 18 
feet. And the only difference between those two fields is how much water they've had. And uh, so it makes a huge difference on how they, they are really a function of water with palms, how fast they grow, but especially with the Mexican fan palms. They really can't overwater them then. No. I mean, okay. it's al- almost impossible. I mean, if you were over, you know, somewhere along Shea where the old wash came through and heavy, heavy clay, um, you know, and you watered it every day, that might be too much. But if you're taking one out of a container, um, not one that's bald and burlap, that would be a different scenario. It wouldn't want as much water. But a container one, you know, where all the roots are intact when you plant it, pretty hard to overwater. Oh, good. Good to know. Thank you much. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Uh, Andrew and Tempe. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Brian. Thank you. Brian, I'm trying to come up with a privacy dust screen planting for uh, my condo patio. Okay. I needed a, I'd like it to be about 10 feet wide, 6 to 8 feet tall, and something I can maintain to about 2 foot deep. Mm-hmm. But I want to use containers okay. for planting, mm-hmm. and um, that, that's my goal. I wanted originally to put up some eight-foot architectural trellises with vines, but that's against the association rules. I can't, I can't have any trellis above my five-foot patio wall. Well, your plants can grow above the five-foot wall. The trellis. So you, you, have right. a, you have a solid brick patio, so you're not going to have any uh, planting space in the ground. Correct. Okay. And which, what kind of exposure, what side of the wall are these plants going to be planted on? Yeah, they're going to, it's, it's, uh, it'll be on the west side of this wall, uh, between the wall and my patio cover. It's about an eight feet space uncovered and then about eight feet space covered. So it, it really only gets. Yeah, three or four hours a day. Couple direct, hours so. of right, three hours in the in the afternoon. Right. Okay, so you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to pick up the advantage of having the fragrance and the fruit, you know, you could do like a Meyer lemon in there if you want to. And Meyer okay. lemons will easily be maintained, you know, a couple feet taller than the wall, like eight feet tall or so. And uh, what you could do is you could put your trellis out there, you know, down below the wall so that it doesn't offend right. the neighbors and uh, spread them out. And that's going to get your, you know, your spread and uh, then let them, they'll grow up vertically. So if you just take a young Meyer lemon tree and just bend it over horizontal and let it grow up vertically. In fact, we're going to grow a lot of those in the nursery on trellises. I don't have them available right. now, but we'll have some available in the fall. And next spring, where we're going to grow them that way, kind of pre-done, like in a 15-gallon. But, oh, um, perfect. But at any rate, um, yeah, and then when you plant it in a pot there, what you want to use for soil in your pot is not potting soil. You want to use dirt. You just pot it straight okay. like in a sandy loam dirt. And that way it's going to take less maintenance and less fertilizer and be happier. And if you're gone on vacation and the water breaks, it'll still be alive when you come back. Um, sure. So, <laughs> you know, if you're going to keep it for a long term in there, don't, you know, don't pot it in a... You know, in potting soil, just use dirt. Okay. And, and you want to get it in a fairly no. large pot, probably if you can, a pot that's going to be about 20 to 24 inches in diameter. 20 to 24, okay. What do you think of like uh, wine barrels or a stock tank? Type Whiskey of a barrels plant? or stock tanks are both great. 
Okay. I mean, e- either one's fine. You know, you can get those elongated stock tanks if you want to. And uh, what could be fun on that is you could actually take the Meyer lemon in the middle, you know, plant it up on a trellis, and you could raise the limbs up higher. So you could start the, you know, basically just attach to the wall, and you could get like an eight foot trellis and turn it horizontal and go across the top right. that way. And you could plant a gardenia right. on each side of it and be really cool. I'm going to put you on holding even more information off the air because John Roller just rolled in here. We got to find out what's happening in the world. All right, we're we'll right back with Thanks. you, Andrew, and we'll pick up everybody else. As soon as John tells us what's going on, we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9. Welcome back. This is the, you gotta you gotta leave it up to Julia every week to find us up. Okay, Julia, tell us about your song. Well, as you all know, that is Earth, Wind, and Fire, Boogie Wonderland. And personally, I was introduced to this song as a kid from a movie called Happy Feet, which is a bunch of dancing penguins. It has a great soundtrack, and this was one of them. And I don't know, I just love Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I just felt like I had to play the song this morning. Wait a minute, Julia, you're calling you're calling Roller a penguin? No. <laughs> oh, I'm I, 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 sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right, back to seriousness. We'll get, we'll get to some of these phones here. Uh, Jody, it's Prize. Hi, Jody. Hi, good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I have two quick questions. First one is we planted an Argentine giant last year. It's healthy. It's about 20 inches tall, just a single column. It flowered well last month. I'm just wondering when we will begin to see some of the other arms emerge into that sweeping beauty that it does. 
And then my second question is related to the care, feeding, and especially trimming of hibiscus plants. And that's it. So how tall is your Argentine giant? Right now, it's about 20 inches. Okay, so it's it's a little young still. It'll probably, you know, they don't always branch from the sides like a saguaro. Oftentimes, they'll branch with clusters from the crown, too. But, you know, it's it's just getting to that age. Usually, they're pretty much a standard or single up until the point when they're two to three feet. So it's just getting to the branching time. And as far as our hibiscus, what are you trying to do with them? Just to, just to maintain the, how much can we trim them during the heat of the summer? And I'm assuming we don't. We stop feeding at this point. Well, they like the to heat. eat all summer, and they're going to use more fertilizer in the summer. And really, hibiscus are very tropical, and so this is the time of year, and they grow and flower all summer long. Um, there's a lot of different varieties, and they grow in different forms. Are these new plants to you, Jody, or have you had them for a while? Just a year. Okay, just so, a year, and they're about. Uh, about four feet tall. And and how high do you want to maintain them? You want to keep them at that that height. Okay. So what what you can do is you could prune them back if you want to. If you, what'll work faster for you on pruning if you leave like one side of them taller, okay, up to the four feet right now, and come back and prune like two thirds of the plant back about a foot below that. Okay, and then as soon as that starts to bud again, then cut the other side off and rotate them that way. You might end up pruning them two or three times this summer to keep them to four feet, but they'll stay at four feet pretty easily. But like I say, prune prune two thirds of the plant, leave one third up tall. Okay, and then as soon as that buds and starts to grow, prune the other third off. And uh, but do keep them on kind of a regular fertilizer program. If you want them to bloom all summer, feed them about once a month, just a light dose, twenty 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 ten ten ten. Just a good balance for a wiser. Okay. All right. I thank you for the help. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Dick down at the Point South Mountain. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. I've got a uh, Sago that looks terrible. In fact, uh, even the new fronds uh, have some yellow in them, and the older ones, of course, are yellow with some brown in them. It just doesn't look good. Uh, they're, They're in about an 18... It's about 20 years old in an 18-inch pot. Is it rooted through the pot in the ground, Dick, or not? No, it's not. It's a pot on uh, a hard surface. You've kept this poor guy in captivity for a long time, haven't you? Well, I'll tell you, I like it. <laughs> Carol doesn't. <laughs> so I think, I don't know, what. maybe she's doing something to it in the evening when I'm not looking. <laughs> I I think the better part of valor might be to change it out for something new. You got you've had your twenty years, Dick. Why don't you give Carol her her, her twenty years? <laughs> That's what I told her about my military career. I said, "This is my twenty. The next twenty is yours." <laughs> the only thing is, I'm 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 still into the second and third twenty and having a great time. So I, I feel a little guilty. You know, it, it's probably just you know basically ran out of nutrients in that container over the years, and it probably would green up if you fed it, but. Might be the better time just to change it out and put in something new for her. You know, if, if she's lived with your plant for 20 years, 20 years in the military, hey, I'll let this be her 20. I think you're right. So there, there's a lot. How much it, sun is it getting, Dick? It gets full sun uh, pretty much all day. It's It's been there in the same place for 20 years. So it, 
Yeah, sagos are pretty amazing as far as hardiness. Now, I can't recommend anything that you're going to plant there is going to be any hardier than that sago was or maybe even as hardy. But what I could recommend that might win you some brownie points and be kind of fun uh, would be to take that same, just pull that sago out of the pot and put in a Miami Supreme Gardenia. And it'll take the full heat. You'll plant it right now. It'll have these beautiful white fragrant flowers on it when you put it in. And it'll bloom about eight, six to eight months a year, every year. And it'll take a little more care, a little more fertilizer than that sago did in the pot. But it'll thrive. And the Miami Supreme's grafted to a rootstock, so it's hardy. And uh, pop one of those in there. It'll smell great. And every day she'll probably come in and uh, bring one of those little flowers to you. It'll smell nice. <laughs> could uh, could well be. I'll, I'll take your advice. <laughs> Good Thanks luck, Tech. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Melissa in Queen Creek. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I have several questions for you. First of all, um, citrus trees, watering, and fertilizing. I've got a 20-foot orange tree and a 12-foot lemon tree. Um, what should I be doing for watering and fertilizing these guys? Well, you know, like out in our groves in Queen Creek, what we do is we water them on about a two-week cycle in the summertime. And we have to be kind of careful because we don't have enough water with our wells to do it much more frequently than that. And, uh, you know, as much as possible, you know, if we're going to have a big, real hot time, what you could do at home different is if it's going to be, you know, a really, really hot week or something, you could add an extra irrigation in between. And so you water it maybe once a week when it's really, really hot. And that that would be ideal. Okay. So once every two weeks is typically fine as long as you're getting a good deep, deep irrigation. And by deep irrigation we want the water out about as wide as the canopy tree of the tree and down to a depth of about three feet so when you're watering on a infrequent deep cycle like that you do put a lot of water on at one time but then you let them dry out interesting okay we're not doing that and then what what type of fertilizer and how often well for you know basically what we use is because we're taking that grove and we're converting it to organic so we, we're using like a liquid chicken manure right now. But you can use just regular granular chicken manure if you want to, or pelletized. Or you can use like a 16.84 citrus food. The traditional way to feed citrus here in the Valley is three holidays. And it's basically Valentine's Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day. And that's fine. And if you have trees that are stressed or you want them to grow faster, you can feed them as frequently as once a month from February through October. Okay. Now... I am the unfortunate recipient of gall in my yard, thanks to a landscaper. And it's decimated my oleanders and things like that. Well, it, 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 it should only be on your oleanders. It really, galls, and you're not going to see gall on much other than oleanders. Well, I got it on my grapefruit tree, mm, and that's it the... won't grow. Okay, so... And I got it a little bit. Well, I, I think what you might have is a, a problem with a chemical at um, ortho uh, ground control. And it's a, basically, it's a chemical you put on for it's a weed killer. And it says it lasts, you know, like a year or whatever it says on it, six months. Okay. And what it is, it's toxic to your plants. So this is stopping your plants from growing out on the tips of the limbs, Melissa, with your citrus and your oleanders. No, it's creating this weird-looking growth. And, right. And ortho has never been used in my yard. Okay, it's got to be a chemical like that. Because gall, gall's different. Gall, you're going to get little balls, you know, inside the yep. oleanders and the, and the branches. 
but I've never yeah. seen it be on a citrus like that. But if you're if you this is coming at the tips of the new growth, then it's a chemical. Then it might not be one it's that you apply. Pardon? All up and down. It's coming all up and down the branches. Okay, not like, are the but are the leaves growing out on the ends of the branches or not? On the grapefruit, no. Okay, what about on the oleanders? Uh oh, the oleanders, no. Okay, so that's a chemical. It's not. It's not a. This isn't gall because gall. When you have gall, the plant continues to grow. And it's going to be yep. developing, you know, basically back on the node on the limb. And you'll see like a ball on there. Okay. Yeah. So what you're describing to me sounds more like a, a problem with a chemical. Okay. You know, I... I, well, I, I the oleanders had the balls all over them. Well, they could, they could be both. I mean, they might have gall and they might have, you know... Okay, they might have had a chemical later, but if, if the leaves aren't growing out on the tips, okay, the ends of the stems aren't growing, that's not usually caused from gall. That's going to be caused from a chemical. The gall will create these knots on the stems, you know, globs on the stems. But especially if your grapefruit's not growing as well. Now, it can be a little thing with insects and stuff, too, that can, that can stop them from growing in different cycles a little bit. But um, from what you're describing and the way you're describing it to me, I think it's probably a chemical problem. Okay. And then my last question is, if I want to transplant yellow bells that are about four feet tall, mm-hmm. can I do that? Will they survive? Yeah, they'll, they'll survive. What you want to do is probably cut them back to about 10 or 12 inches. Oh, okay. And then just dig a pretty decent-sized root ball. Try to get a root ball out that's probably as big as a 15-gallon container. Okay. okay. Great. little product called right, Super th- Thrive will help, too. Some Super Thrive? Uh-huh. Super Thrive. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Melissa. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Marie and Brian. Then after uh, Marie, you can give us a call. And during the break, number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR.
invoke folks to this beautiful Sunday morning. I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s. Continuing on now for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. From 15 gallons through big 72-inch box, from palm trees to pine trees, desert trees to pistachios. We grow them all right here in Arizona. And whether you're looking for that 15-gallon tree for mom or if you need a 1,000 palm trees for development, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. And Monday through Saturdays, you can come down and see us at the Big Tree Farm in Stanfield, Stanfield Road, just south of Interstate 8. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here for Arizona's future, and we deliver plant guarantee, so we'll do the workout in the summer heat, and you don't have to. Okay, back to the phones. Brian in Glendale. Hi, Brian. Hey, Brian. How are you doing, Brian? Oh, it's a nice day. Really, they got a great... We're here in Sunny Slope. I'm looking at the mountains I grew up in as a kid, and I got the air conditioning on. What can I tell you? Playing good music. Uh, yeah, the air conditioning's <laughs> on. That's always good. So, um, I'm... Have a couple questions, and I'm sorry to interrupt everyone else. Um, hibiscus. I'm, I I I have one in a pot. Should I move it? Well, to, in the ground. You can grow them in containers or in the ground, and there's a lot of different varieties okay. of hibiscus. Some take the heat and sun better than others. They're not all equal. But, um, you know, right. wherever you uh, want to grow it, you can do either way. North and south, so mm-hmm. uh, it, it really has no light. So it gets a little light in the afternoon. Well, it's going to want sun to bloom. So if you want to have it in bloom, you know, you're going to need to put it. The south side would be ideal. What's getting full sun? Okay. Okay. And then my second question is, I have a crown of thorns, and it's kind of brown, kind of green, kind of brown. Uh, Too much water? Not enough water? They don't like to stay very wet. Is it in a container as well? Okay. Yeah, it's in a container as well, yes. Okay, so if it's in a you know well-drained, like in a nursery container, you know, you're going to probably want to water every other day, every third day, this time of year if it's a okay. big plant. So. And it's probably getting too much then. Okay. Well, Brian, okay. thanks for the thanks. call. I'm going to try to get everybody in before we have to say goodbye. But Outstanding. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Marie in North Phoenix. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Excellent. I love that. So I have a two-part. First of all, I called in um, for a milkweed, mm-hmm. and I called in to Whitfield, mm-hmm. and I got this gentleman named Matthew, and he started cracking up. I go, are you related to Brian? He goes, he goes why would you say that? I go, your laugh sounds just like your father's. <laughs> he goes, it is my father. <laughs> so anyway, we spoke before, and I wanted to tell you, all the listeners, um, the brick thing. So if you have leftover flowers in your garden, all you have to do is take them between two bricks and put them in the microwave for a minute and 40 seconds. It dries them out, and you can put them in any frame. So now you're an art dealer too, Marie? (laughs) I'm sorry? I said now you're an art dealer. Now you can Well, no, it. no, no, it's not my idea. Uh-huh. But I know people love their flowers. Mhm. And um yeah, you take two bricks, you put the flowers in between, 
put it in your microwave for a minute and 40 seconds and it it could change but and then you can put it into a frame sounds and like you a lot can of fun. save those precious flowers well it sounds like a good way to keep our flowers all around marie thanks for the call i'm going to try to get one more person in before we run out of time today but have a nice weekend thanks for all calling right. Well, thank you. Bye now. Bye bye. Well, let's see. Let's get Kathleen in Phoenix. Hi, Kathleen. Hi there. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got uh, pretty quick, Kathleen, because uh, we don't have a lot of time left. Okay. I was just calling about a ficus tree that my grandpa uprooted from a pot. Um, should I plant it outside or should I put it in a pot outside? You can grow it in um, a pot on the patio if you want to, or you can plant it out in the ground, whichever you like to do. Is it a ficus natina or is it a, is it a weeping fig? Does it have the curlier, smaller leaves? I think it has the smaller leaves, yeah. Yeah, so it would probably make a nicer patio plant. But you can put okay. it in a pot in the patio and keep it there for years, or you could repot it and bring it back indoors. It'll have a bit of a rough time with the acclimation coming back indoors, Kathleen. Um, I'm going to put you on hold. I'll give you a little more information off the air. Daisy, Scott, I'll take you guys off the air. Appreciate all the calls today, folks. And, uh, you know, that was one of my favorite songs we played there in the end. And, you know, nothing like uh, teamwork. You know, we see that with all of our sports teams. I got to hope that the Cats do well today. We got the girls and boys playing today. and uh, But respect and love for one another go a long ways. Respecting each other's opinion, our diversity here in this country is what makes us strong. The more we can love and respect and work with mankind, the stronger we're all going to be. And that's what we have to do to preserve our future. If we want to love one another, uh, we have to take time to listen to them. I'll be back with you next Sunday, and I hope you enjoyed the program. Come see us at the nursery. And thanks to the team. We've got Julia here, and and we had our fun John Roller back for the news. Have a nice weekend. Come out and see us at the nursery. Enjoy your family. And remember, most, most importantly, respect the opinion of those with whom you disagree.